This guy is a great big phony. If a body meets a body coming through the right. Okay. If a body kiss a body need a body cry. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, hey, welcome everybody to the Okay Gatsby. I should have said okay every time I started the show instead of hey. I guess I said hey. The Okay, welcome to the Okay Gatsby, colon, Catcher in in the the Y. Yeah, okay, that's enough. We're running out of gimmicks. (laughs) Which is good because we're almost at the end of Catcher in the Rye. Right. It's been quite the ride. Yes, it has. Hasn't it, Kev? Wouldn't it's been my it? bread and butter. <laughs> what? Oh, rye? <laughs> rye to oh, bread? Oh, boy. Rye oh, bread? I cannot abide by that. The dude abides. The dude. I just watched the big one. Yeah, <laughs> you heard, I heard the audio. I cannot, yes. I cannot allow that. <laughs> that was like a half of a step of a pun. Hey. So how how you feeling uh how you feeling reading this? Where are you, where are you at with this book right now? I it definitely feels like we're reaching a lot of like small climaxes. Yeah. Of here's the big com- the big meeting with a family member. The first family member we get to meet in the present tense of the story. Yes. I totally yeah, I think like this is like yeah, stu- like uh you know, stuff is hitting the fan, right? It's like you keep hearing about all these relationships that he has about Allie mm-hmm. and about you've heard about Phoebe a ton. You hear about D B obviously and so like this is now you're seeing it in action. You you mentioned even like, you know, we could we could see the mother and how the mother right? Yes, the mother comes yeah. in uh I think in the chapter after the one 21 and 22 so i think 23 she comes in oh she comes in right at the end yeah, yeah right um in the next okay uh but the point is like you're seeing it in the present tense you're seeing this stuff happen to holden and the stuff that he thinks about it and the relationships are happening in dialogue rather than in the narration yes so it's like it's it's more happening and you see what holden thinks while he's saying the things that he's been believing yes he he seems like faithful at least to what people say or feels no need to because he hates everything people says, so he wants to put it you think, down. Yeah, you think his his narration is like reliable in terms of like Phoebe's character. Yeah, at, at least as far as people's dialogue. Maybe he misreads like what people are doing and why, but I think he's pretty good about like, yeah, they said this. He has a pretty good memory, though. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, but I don't, I, some of this dialogue is so specific. That well, yeah, they're definitely not glor. I mean, like, yeah, Phoebe is not going to glorify Holden, as we're going to see. And yes. Yeah, it's not going to make Holden feel really good. Um, it's definitely it definitely a, a confrontation of sorts. Yes, it's confrontation. <coughs> and it's it's so many layers of family. He can't. His parents can't come home. Yeah. His sister is sleeping in his older brother's room. His very successful older brother, and is confronting her loser dropout brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, she's yeah. So right, there's a lot of the yeah, all these tensions. All and Allie is of course present throughout all of it. Yes, and the ghost of Allie is there. Yeah. What do you think? So to me, when I was like, I was, I went back through this chapter and I was like, okay, what are we going to talk about today? I was like, this chapter is all about like, what does Phoebe mean to Holden? Yes. What does Phoebe mean to the story? Yes, I, I agree with that. So to Holden is obviously it's he's it's not quite an Allie replacement. Phoebe, uh, but it definitely is like, all right, 
the my closest tie to the innocence of childhood. Because like the big monologue Definitely. was when he when he's like, oh, I imagine Phoebe going to the museum and her being different every time, and then I got really sad all of a sudden for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> for no apparent reason. No reason. I got all sad. Who knows? Yeah, he doesn't know what feelings are. Yes, he cannot figure it out. My tummy hurts. Uh, but right. yeah, Phoebe is like this is childhood, and to him, childhood seems relatively sacred as far as it's like easygoing thing right up until his brother died. I think, right, yeah, so Phoebe representing innocence, uh, that's going to fly for sure. I mean, when you have the, the notebook, you have all the stories of her and her friends and stuff like that. And he go, and even the line goes, what the hell are you, a child? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yes, it's, it's yes, I am. like, he loves his family. He, ca- he knows so much, he has pays so much attention to every little thing they do, and they're all part of his life. Um but I think Phoebe occupies a special place because she's the youngest, and she's so much younger than him. She's like, I don't know how old old she is in this. I picture her in between seven and nine. I don't know if they specifically say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I picture her at like at least ten. Like she's got like, mm. she can like pack her own backpack and walk herself to school. Yeah, she does pack her own. But this is the sixties, so that's like that <laughs> means she's four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, she had, she doesn't see. She's not under not a kindergartner. She's been going to school for a little while. But yeah, it's definitely still. Uh, I see at least elementary school age. Maybe yeah. an older elementary school. So I think Phoebe like the story means like it, like it the as a figure Phoebe in the story. I think it's like she's similar to Holden, but she is different enough that uh like she cre- like creates a foil to Holden's character. Right? She's like I'm like I'm like you, but I have a different perspective entirely. Yes, and also in the previous chapter, he, she was the one he wanted to say goodbye to because he thought he was going to die. Yeah, he, she th- he thought about her. He he could go call DB and say, hey, man, things are not going well. I wanted to say goodbye. He, he could even call. I no longer respect you. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. You're a phony. You're a phony. You're a prostitute. Goodbye I'm, forever. Goodbye forever. <laughs> um, but he goes, oh, I know I'm going to die in pneumonia, but I want to go say goodbye to Phoebe in case I do. Why? Because I think... He loves her the most. I think yeah. he wa- he wants her to be the source of it, pure innocence and pure love. And when she turns on him and does criticize him, it is a very shocking experience. For yeah, him. yeah. Because it's been for the longest time just an unfiltered source of joy and affection. And that's what he wants the most right now. Yeah. He's so beat up, literally been beat up. <laughs> Emotionally, he's like pretending he's been shot. Yeah. Like can't call the woman he loves. Can't stop calling the woman he claims to hate. Uh, kicked out of another school. Has no direction. Has no idea what's going on. Hates everything. And he's like, well, this is my one source of uh, affection and joy. He's looking for like pure uh, motherly, familial kind of love. And he gets some tough love. Yeah. Well, he's looking because he can't go to his mother because his mother has not processed it yet. So she's really going to yeah. freak out on him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Phoebe keeps saying, daddy will kill you. So daddy's probably – the dad is probably – an angry guy, right? Uh, or at least a justified can give a stern speech. Yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, you have been kicked out of several schools. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he's like he's the kind of dad. It's like wait till dad gets home, kind of dad. Sounds like it. Yeah. And his mom, he said she needs a few days to process this kind of thing. Yeah, and even says like she's out, sometimes she's up all night smoking cigarettes. So yeah. she is a classic New York neurotic person. Yeah. Up all night with good reason. Yes, she's been through a lot. Um, and Phoebe is the one where you can go, hey, you still look up to me because I'm your yeah. older brother. Yeah. <laughs> you think I'm great. Yeah. And she does. She gives, uh, it's, she does love her brother, and that does not change. 
But now she's getting old enough to criticize him, and it's getting scary to him. <laughs> it's tough, yeah. Once in a while, this reminds me, like, once in a while, I'll ask somebody I really like, uh, I'll ask them for, like, advice about what I should do with, like, my life and my career, and uh, then they give me like advice and yeah. i hate it <laughs> and it's like what i wanted you to do is be like you're perfect what are you you're doing? on the right you're path doing, you're doing God. everything right yeah and then i and then they talk to me and like oh well you should be doing this and this why aren't you doing this and i'm like this is the worst Fuck <laughs> <you."> <laughs> yeah um this is kind of like that i think um for for old holden all holden so he finally gets to his uh, apartment building and he gets the best break he had in years the elevator boy is a new boy so they so it's a whole it's a whole little Ocean's Eleven thing right here where he's got to sneak in, <laughs> give a fake identity to the elevator boy, so the elevator boy doesn't say, "Hey, Caulfield's your son's home." Like I just saw your son last. Even like uh, yeah, even if like I just saw your son last night, that would be a bad too. Yeah, yeah, that would ruin his cover. They would that would make people know that he was not in school anymore. Um, and he's also sort of stupid, which is which is good. Um, <laughs> what's sort of about the stupid side? I told him. He has a bad history with these elevator people. I'm sure I said a phobia. Like, is this guy gonna beat me up? Yeah. So he goes. He lies. He says he's the neighbor's nephew. Uh, and let's see here. And, then and he the has guy, to hold his leg a certain way. He yes. needs to go up. He says, "Yeah, I need to go up and wait up there. I have to hold my leg at a certain angle." And then I love this line where he goes, "All you have to do is say something nobody understands, and they'll do practically anything you want them to." <laughs> like he bought it right away. Yeah. I have to hold my leg at a certain angle. Uh, I need to go sit in the chair upstairs. Yeah, I mean, I, I work customer service, and someone gives a weird, complicated enough story. I'm just like, what? Uh, all right, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he he gets off the floor limping like a bastard, and started walking over toward the Dickstein side. Then when I heard the elevator's door shut, I turned around and went over to our side. So classic usual suspects. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. Yeah, yeah. And he was in line, like directly lying to people just to like get away with his uh, his visit. Really snowing him. So finally he gets home. Uh, it was dark as hell in the forest. Naturally, naturally I couldn't turn on any lights. I had to be careful not to bump into anything and make a racket. I certainly knew I was home, though. Our forest has a funny smell that doesn't smell like any place else. I don't know what the hell it is. It isn't cauliflower. It isn't perfume. I don't know what the hell it is, but you always know you're home. That's what it is. <laughs> You're yeah, home. You, you can know, smell your own. You use your it's own. It's cauliflower. Yeah. It's it's nice. Yeah. I know that feeling, of course. So he's sneaking into his own house. Um, after about an hour, I get to old Phoebe's room. So she's he's there. Uh, she's there in DB's room, which you, you brought up earlier. She's in DB's room. So yes. obviously uh, DB looms large in Phoebe's and Holden's life. Yes. I forgot she always sleeps in DB's room when he's away in Hollywood or someplace. She likes it because it's the biggest room in the house. Also because it has, it has this big old man-man desk in it that D.B. bought off some lady alcoholic in Philadelphia. <laughs> Just a fun detail. Some lady alcoholic. <laughs> and this big gigantic bed that's about 10 miles wide and long. So there's this little girl sleeping in this enormous bed and working, doing her homework at the enormous desk of a successful Hollywood screenwriter. Yeah. So I feel like if I was in the English class, I'd really raise my hand and go like, Maybe uh, Salinger's insinuating that Phoebe is taking DB's place. And then I'd be like, give me an A, please. Uh, <laughs> I have done analysis. Or that she looks up to DB. Well, she doesn't sleep in Holden's room. Yeah, she looks up to DB. I mean, like, it's another way of, like, of like having of like having uh, a presence of absence. I mean, like, DB is present yeah. in his absence, and so is Allie. Um, 
it's just a way to kind of get them get him involved. I mean, like at the very least, you do think that like yeah, obviously Phoebe looks up to DB, and so does Holden. Yeah, and literally just the success is there in the house. He has the biggest room. He has the biggest bed. And big he has old the biggest desk. desk. Yeah, big old desk. And Holden is is sneaking <clears throat> out into the house. <laughs> no desk. No desk. <laughs> no cigarettes. Has to steal cigarettes from his mom. That's so funny to think, think of like the oh I just I'll just take some of the house cigarettes yeah. like <laughs> like it's like like it's like I have, I have eggs at home but I'll just get some I'll get some eggs when I'm in my apartment there's gonna be eggs at my parents' apartment of course yeah the cigarettes there cigarettes <laughs> yeah the big jar of cigarettes like some people have jelly beans around Easter <laughs> your mom's like you've been bumping too many cigarettes off me buy your own pack yeah uh, let's so see here. she's yeah. asleep he's watching her sleep it's funny you take you take adults they look lousy when they're asleep and they have their mouths wide open, but kids don't. Kids look all right. They can even have a spittle over the pillow, and they look all right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's. He's trying to be sweet. And he's Salinger loves innocence, though. Yes, Salinger loves to write about children too. He loves to write about children. He loves this little girl figure who is like uh, plucky and uh, precocious and uh, knows more than she oughta. Yes, and uh, also like is perfectly innocent and perfectly perceptive. Yes, you know, like. Uh, a per- perfect day for banana fish. With Esme, for Esme, for with Esme with squalor. Squalor. Yeah. squalor. These yeah. like these like little girl figures yes. that break through the vulnerability of these otherwise tortured men. Yeah, these men who are like I've been beaten up by the world, but something about the sweetness and the intelligence of this young woman makes me <coughs> want to reveal more about myself than I'm usually comfortable. It's exactly what I needed. Yeah, it's like and they they become like redeemed by it. Yes. Yeah. So this is what Holden's going for. I think it's one more Salinger story about re- redeeming yourself with a little innocent, uh, precocious girl. Yes. Um, all right. So I, I like this first part where he goes. Uh, I went around the room very quiet, looking at all the stuff for a while, and he said, "He, f- I felt swell for a change. I didn't even feel like I was getting pneumonia or anything anymore." And when he was, felt like he was getting pneumonia, he was suicidal. Yeah. Yeah. Like he would. He he wanted to have pneumonia and die. So. That's gone. That's pretty cool that that's gone. He yep. feels... I just feels felt good for a change. Yeah. That's the next sentence. <laughs> he just feels good. This is like a, a unabashed source of joy. Yeah. Seeing his sister sleep. Just seeing her sleep is like, all right, I feel good about being alive again. So he's just poking around her stuff while while she's asleep. Um, he finds one of her old books, and it says Phoebe Weatherfield Caulfield in it. Her middle name was Josephine, for God's sake, not Weatherfield. She doesn't like it even... Though every time I see her, she got a new middle name for herself. Um, yes. Oh, but right before I want to talk about hit um, So this first part, he compliments her quite a bit. Uh, he says, "She's no slob. She had the jacket with this tan suit. My brother brought her in Canada, hung up on the back of the chair. Then her blouse and stuff were on the seat. Her shoes and socks were on the floor, right underneath the chair, right next to each other. Never saw the shoes before. They were new. They were the dark brown loafers, sort of like the pair I have, and they went swell with the suit my brother brought her in Canada. My mother dresses her nice. She really does." Uh, She's terrific tasting something. She's no good at buying ice skates or anything like that, but clothes, she's perfect. I mean, Phoebe always has some dress on that can kill you. You take most little kids, even if the parents are wealthy and all, they have s- usually have some terrible dress on. I wish you could see old Phoebe in that suit. My mother brought her in Canada. I'm not kidding. So just real quick, it's just my sister is a neat girl, and she dresses well, and she looks really pretty when she does. Right, right, right. Uh, she's stylish. And uh, it's just building up for a very subtle turn. <laughs> um he looks at her positively right now. Right now. She's just a sleeping girl and the object of his imagination. The, the sister he imagined when he was dying. 
He was like, the Phoebe right. is my lighthouse. I'm going to go to my lighthouse and, and save myself. Got to go find her. Right. So. Yeah. But yeah, she fakes her, her last name or middle name. Middle name. And I think we talked about this was the name of the detective or something like that. Yeah. Hazel Weatherfield or something was the name. Uh, Yeah, I think. God. But regardless, Phoebe doesn't want to be. Uh, herself. Herself. I mean, like, yeah, you're, she's imagining a different uh, version of herself. She's getting uh, you know, an inspiring imagination. Yes. Uh, but Salinger you're just something fun here, and, and there probably is a lot of layers to this, but I think it's also just fun kid. Ri- like, he writes what a kid's notebook looks like. Right. And uh, Bernice, yeah. meet me at recess. I have something very, very important to tell you. That was all there was on the page. <laughs> The next one hide on it. Why is the southeastern Alaska so many canning factories? Because there's so much salmon. Why has it valuable forests? Because it has the right climate. What has our government done to make life easier for the Alaskan Eskimos? Look it up for tomorrow. Three <laughs> exclamation points. <laughs> okay, I would. I wouldn't. I thought about this at this point. Uh, Phoebe is a much better student than Holden, and oh. she actually does the work she's supposed to do. Yes, and she seems like she's actually excited about it. Sort of. I mean, at this point, she gets distracted and says and writes her own name five times. Uh, Phoebe Weatherfield Caulfield, and then uh, Phoebe W Caulfield, then Phoebe Weatherfield Caulfield Esquire. <laughs> she wants to be a lawyer. Yes, like her father. So she admires DB and her father, two uh, very successful men. Yeah. And Holden, she she loves, but has no sort of trace of. Okay, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then this is surely you said you were Sagittarius, but you're only Taurus. Bring your skates when you come over to my house. <laughs> <laughs> hey Phoebe, you get along with every woman I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, Australia, Australia's Phoebe's back extremely in extremely 2018. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she would fit right in, like a cool 60s dress or an opinion about Sagittarius's. Yes, uh, and willing to, to take on her sad boy brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Calling out, calling out sad boys in in a vintage dress, <laughs> talking about astrology. Like Phoebe, you're gonna be set. You're fine. Yeah. Phoebe's current current age is sixty five or something. <laughs> and she's still so cool. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Sat there on DB's desk, read the whole notebook. I didn't. It didn't take me long, and I can read that kind of stuff. Some kid's notebook, Phoebe, or anybody's all day and all night long. Kids' <laughs> notebooks kill me. What does that mean? That is so. That is like this is like a a general specific leap that I feel like we could even like we should be able to like uh like call you out for this. Like you've never read another kid's notebook, have you? Like yeah, I I have no like. Come on, hold one it. time I found my brother's notebook and I like looked at it for a little bit. I was like, this is not even though it was just it was arithmetic. I, was I like, know it makes you feel weird. It's like I'm invading some sort of privacy. Yeah, it makes you feel strange. Um, I'm not. Sh- I don't. I'm not sure. I believe Holden here. I think he's just being. I feel like he does this thing where, he, yeah, he 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 states it in in general. He means it in specific, but he he's trying to like soften it. It's he means everything in the moment. He says that like I yeah. said, I loved her and I meant it in the moment. That's what was crazy. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. He at this point he believes like man, kids notebooks. They're the best. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, an hour later, like, hey, you want to read a kids notebook? It's like, no. Why would I want to no, read? What are you crazy? Yes, he's he's like that. Where it's whatever's in front of him, any joy he gets from whatever's in front of him is the best thing ever, and he loves it every time. Yes, but if it's as soon as it's not in front of him, it's not like he's like, oh, I should go read another kid's notebook. <laughs> there you have it. Yeah, this is great. Uh, I'm learning right now. Yes, let's see here. I was afraid my parents might barge in on me all of a sudden, and I wanted to say at least hello to her before they did, so I woke her up. 
She wakes up very easily. I mean, you don't have to yell at her or anything. All you have to do is practically sit down on the bed and say, wake up, Phoebe, and bingo, she's awake. Holden, she said right away. She put her arms around my neck and all. She's very affectionate. I mean, she's quite affectionate, comma, for a child. Sometimes she's even too affectionate. Too affectionate. Uh, this is interesting. Because here it is, finally, the affection he was looking for. And he's like, yeah, she's affectionate for a child, and maybe she's too affectionate. Like, he cannot accept that this was a nice moment. (laughs) Exactly what the doctor ordered. (laughs) A big, sloppy hug from his little sister. It's too much. And he's like, ah, she's too affectionate. She's got to work on it. Where it's like, you woke up your sister in the middle of the night. She saw your face and went... Holden and grip gave you a big old hug, and that's not she's the, too affectionate at yeah. the darkest moment of your life. That's not exactly what you needed. <laughs> it's very teenager too. Like, yeah. get off me, get, get off, off me. me. What are you doing? He goes. Some, uh, I sort of gave her a kiss, and she said, "When'd you get home?" She was glad as hell to see me. You could tell. So that's not. He is excited. Yeah. Not so loud just now. How are you anyway? Uh, I'm fine. Did you get my letter? I wrote you a five page. Yeah, not so loud. Thanks. <laughs> uh, she wrote me this letter. I didn't get a chance to answer it, though. It was all about this place she wasn't in, in school. She told me not to make any dates or anything for Friday so that I could come see it. How's the play? I asked her what you say the name of it was. And this, a Christmas think, pageant for Americans. It stinks, but I'm Benedict Arnold. <laughs> so I think that is a very... So that's the second Revolutionary War reference we have. What's the first one? He's standing next to the Revolutionary War cannon. When he's looking over. Oh, right in the opening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So th- there's, and that's the opposite. But was that really like, was it like, you didn't get much detail, right, about the Revolutionary War? It's I think just it's like just supposed to be him standing next to a Revolutionary War cannon. Yeah. He's a Revolutionary he's a American figure. He's a rebel, yeah. Yeah, he's a rebel. And here she's playing a traitor. She's a British traitor. So literally they're opposites. Uh, he is yeah. this, he's this American rebel, and she is this British traitor. Uh, I'm sold. Yes. And and it's kind of subtly building up where she wants to be her dad and she wants to be DB. Two successful guys who sold out. He's a corporate lawyer and he's a he works for the movies. She might be headed for phoniness, right? She's headed for phoniness. Maybe. This is a, at this point if I was teaching and you said that I'd be like, "Yep, yeah, there's there's no wrong answers." <laughs> if you have I mean if you have evidence for it, guys, you can you can say whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Even that crazy shit that Kevin just said, that's fine. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I have practically the biggest part. She said, boy, was she wide awake. She gets very excited when she tells you that stuff. Starts out when I'm dying. This ghost comes in on Christmas Eve and asks me if I'm ashamed and everything, you know, for betraying my country and everything. Are you coming to it? Uh, she was sitting way to help in bed at all. That's what I wrote about you. Are, you. are you? Sure, I'm coming. Certainly, I'm coming. Daddy, Daddy can't, can't come. come. That's big right there. Yeah. He has to fly to California. Yeah, what else is new? So Daddy can't be there. Uh, and then she gets confused about, like, wait, aren't you supposed to be com- coming here on Wednesday? She said Wednesday. Yeah, Liz's mother says he'd be home Wednesday. He tries to lie to her. Yes, has to lie to his own sister. Yep. I got um, out early, not so loud. You'll wake everybody up. What time is it? They won't be home till very late, Mother said. They went to a party in Norwalk, Connecticut. Guess what I did this afternoon? What movie I saw? Guess. And then he's like, no, we got to. He's he is like the details of this are very important. Yeah. I need to, he know. Wants to know about my dad. But also he's gotten her off of the subjects of his of why he's there early. Also. Yes. Um, and so Phoebe's just talking about this movie. So Phoebe's talking about a movie that she liked 
Yes. Crazy. Here's a movie that she that Phoebe likes. So she's kind of the opposite of Holden, Alre- Holden already, where she's yeah. like, oh, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, the movie is dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the premise of the movie, as Phoebe describes it, is this doctor uh, puts a blanket over this crippled boy because he can't walk and all, and he'd be better off. That's how she says it? Yeah, then they send him to jail and everything. It was excellent. Then the ghost of the crippled boy comes back to the doctor and tells him that he's glad he did it. Thanks to him for what he did. He was a mercy killer. Only he knows he deserves to go to jail because a doctor isn't supposed to take things away from God. Hippocratic oath, etc., or whatever. Yeah, all that stuff. So it's really, uh, we've been trying to figure out what the heck that was. <laughs> Why this movie <laughs> out of all movies. Yeah. <laughs> I think, the one, the contradiction of she likes the movie. He, she's able. To I do love that. Movie. As a foil. She's she's, yes. she's foiling hard right here. Yes. I, I saw a movie. I liked it. I, I thought it was excellent. To be fair, this sounds like a very unphony movie, even by Holden's standards. I think this is a movie that Holden would probably also sort of. Be like, okay. Yeah. Enjoy. I don't know. At least it's very different than, than the movies he's been describing, with like singing and dancing and people saying everything's okay and stuff like that. Right? Yes. Uh, here is a yeah. It's a mercy killing, and it, it's not a happy ending. The doctor does go to jail. And yeah. The kid goes, "You did the right thing," but the doctor's like, "Yeah, but I I shouldn't have done that because God." Like, <laughs> so it's tell that to God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's such a weird moment of like what. Yeah, what is this movie? <laughs> Why it's such a dark thing. I mean, that so he, that his mom took two little girls to. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you just went to the like. Let's go see the movie. Like yes. this is what's playing. Let's go see it. Let's go see it. When Double people tell feature. me to do that, like oh, I'll just, I, went, I just went and saw whatever's playing next. I was like, are you crazy? You just went and see whatever whatever's playing next. Yeah. But this is like that times a million. It's like they just go see him the movie, right? Yeah, let's go see what's going on in yeah. this movie. So, but the details of that, I mean, you were pointing out that like um, Salinger's uh, referencing the value of uh, human life or whatever, and Holden was just considering suicide. So, yeah, so maybe it's like, hey, there's the, he, the child is a cripple who's killed. I don't know if that's the term anymore, but that's what it's they not use the term it. anymore. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the handicap. I know, I know, it's not. <laughs> I guess it's something, anything else. Um. Uh, but and Holden feels like emotionally not there and wounded and wants to die, and it was like here is Phoebe being like, "Hey, it's it's understandable why you would kill this child, but you shouldn't do that because it's God's decision." Yeah. So it's like a very s- empathetic rebuke against I'm suicide. the suicide. So she yeah. represents don't kill yourself. Yep. And then maybe that's. The most I can do, it's still very weird. She for sure does. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's life. It's life affirming, I guess. Yeah, barely. Like, like subtly being like, I get why you would do it. Yeah, it's but so. D- <laughs> it's the most dark way to affirm life. It's yeah. like, well, yeah, you can kill somebody, but yeah. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> so they they're not coming home till very late. Daddy took the car and everything, so they wouldn't have to worry about trains. We have a radio in it now. Except the mother said nobody can play it when the car's in traffic. Okay, how about how about Phoebe's take on uh, Alice's mom? That's the next big thing for me, I think. Yes. I mean, like... I, quick sentence. I began to relax, sort of. I mean, I finally quit worrying about whether they'd catch me at home or not. I figured the hell with it. If they did, they did. Yeah. So now he's finally comfortable, and he's like, maybe this is... Maybe I... He's having so much fun that he's like, what am I hiding for anymore? He feels at home. Yes. Yeah, I'd say so. 
Uh, yes, so. but there's this. If you want to do the paragraph, it's. I mean, yeah, Phoebe is is saying the only problem with the movie was. Uh, so it was a good picture, huh? Swell, except Alice had a cold, and her mother kept asking her all the time if she felt grippy. Right in the middle of the picture, always in the middle of something important, her mother would lean all over me and explain everything and ask if Alice, if she felt grippy. It got on my nerves. This is exactly <laughs> the kind of thing that Holden would yeah. couldn't stand. Like, uh, like how, you know, like, was she asking Yeah, I was watching grippy? this movie, and this big old phony was leaning yeah. over and... <laughs> So yeah, it runs in the family. This neurotic complaining runs in the family. Different, for sure. but the same. I love it. It's yes. a, it was it's a very it's a very very good char- characterization. It's like yeah. it's masterful characterization. Yeah, the the similarities and differences within a family is like like beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because you, so you just spend so much time being like, here's how she's different, but look, here's this little moment of like, oh, they are brother and sister. Crazy. Stuff. Yeah. And then uh, a very sweet moment. Then I told her about the record. Listen, I bought you a record. Only it broke on the way home. I took the pieces out of my coat pocket and showed her. I was plastered. <laughs> <laughs> I was plastered. I was plastered. Plaster is such a word that like college freshmen would use. And you're just telling your little sister. You're you're both yeah. <laughs> in school. Yeah. I was plastered. Give me the pieces, she said. I'm saving them. She took them right out of my hand, and then she put them in the drawer of the night table. She kills me. So sweet. Just a sweet moment. She kills me. The yeah. thought was enough. Thank you so much, Holden, for getting me, trying to give me this record. DB coming home for Christmas, I asked her. He may and he may not, Mother said. It all depends. He may have to stay in Hollywood and write a picture about Annapolis. Annapolis, for God's sake. It's a love story and everything. Guess who's going to be in it? What a movie star. Wait, wait, what movie star? Guess. And then Holden responds, I'm not interested. <laughs> He's not, yeah. That's obvious. Annapolis, for God's sake. What's DB know about Annapolis, for God's sake? What's that got to do with the kind of stories he writes? I said, boy, that stuff drives me crazy. That goddamn Hollywood. Yeah. So, like, even though he's not willing to engage in the conversation, he's like, even with his sister being like, DB's going to be working with movie yeah. stars. And he's like, he writes stories about goldfish. What is he doing writing <laughs> a Navy picture? Annapolis, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he has a point, but it, like his sister is fully on board of like he's gonna be working with these movie stars and stuff like that. And Holden's the only one is like, man, what a phony sellout. <laughs> so yeah, he sees that she's injured. Uh, he asks about it. This and she says, "This boy, she's got like a cut in her elbow. This boy, Chris Weintraub, that's in my class, pushed me while I was going down the stairs in the park. Want to see? <laughs> and like like a little kid, like just show you the gore. So funny. yeah, um, he says that maybe she." He likes, you know. They uh, so the uh, I I think he hates me. The this other girl and me, Selma Atterbury, put ink and stuff all over his windbreaker. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's like a little kid revenge flirt scheme. How about the wisdom that she just that she just gave Holden, like paired with this clear little kid innocence, right? Yes. Like this is pure little kid. I don't care if he likes me. He's a meanie. He's, yeah. He's got cooties. Yeah. Fooey, I don't want fooey. him to like me. Yeah, I don't want him to like me. Um, so like that's just that's like this true ten year old whatever it is yeah yeah Holden how come you're not home Wednesday so we're back you didn't get kicked out or anything did you I told you they let us out early that let the whole you did get kicked out you did you did oh Holden I love that she cares oh Holden yes it's she's so motherly. disappointed yeah but she's also. Benedict Arnold right now, in my theory, <laughs> is that <laughs> she he was the one that she was going to be able to come to her and be like, hey, it's no big deal, but I got kicked out. Gotcha. Like, okay. you got to be on my side when mom and dad come to get me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, and she's like, uh, she's giving the business your... just like everyone else. Probably w- worse should. than every, everyone else. Yeah. 
Uh, Just like how Benedict Arnold <laughs> kid visits to the United States of America. Who said I got kicked out? Nobody said I. You did. You did, she said. Then she smacked me again with her fist. If you don't think that hurts, you're crazy. Daddy will kill you, she said. Then she flopped on her stomach in the bed and put the goddamn pillow over her head. She does that quite frequently. She's a true madman sometimes. Cut it out now, I said. Nobody's going to kill me. Nobody's even going to. Come on, Phoebe. Take that goddamn thing off your head. Nobody's going to kill me. She, she, shuts, she shuts down. She's entirely yes. done. She's uh, She wouldn't take it off, pull it off the head. Daddy's going to kill you. Yeah. He gives his uh, plan, which is a very teenage boy plan of nobody's going to kill me. Use your head. In the first place, <laughs> I'm going away. What I may do, I may get a job on a ranch or something for a while. I know this guy whose grandfather's got a ranch in Colorado. I may get a job out there. I'll keep in touch with you and all when I'm gone if I go. Come on. Take that off your head. Come on. Hey, feet, please, please, will you? But she won't take it off. But it's also that's such a teenage boy of like, Instead of being yelled at by your parents, it's like, I'm going to go work on a ranch. <laughs> I'll be fine. I sort of know a guy who knows someone with a ranch. And you know what? I'll I'll figure out the work. <laughs> like He's just going to show up in Colorado and be like, can I have a job on your ranch, please? Oh, wait, yeah. She's like, uh, isn't she like, well, you, can you ride a horse? She's like, you can you can learn in like two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> they teach yeah. you in two minutes. Where does he say that? All right, that? so she, uh, that's in the chapter 22. Okay, thank you. Okay. Uh, so come on, gotcha. hey Weatherfield, come on out. He even like is like, hey, I'll call you by your new by your name. by your man, yeah, Weatherfield. You can't even reason with her. Sometimes, finally, I got up and went out in the living room and got some cigarettes out of the box on the table and stuck some in my pocket. That's what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I was all out. <laughs> all right, time to get some family cigarettes. The house cigarettes. Um, <laughs> this I think is very important. Uh, when I came back, she had the pillow off her head all, all right. I knew she would, but she still wouldn't look at me, even though she was lying on her back and all. When I came around the side of the bed and sat down again, she turned her crazy face the other way. She was ostracizing the hell out of me, just like the fencing team at Pensy when I left all the goddamn foils on the subway. Yes. So I want to say uh, that this is the beginning of Chapter 22. We yes. have now moved into a new chapter. This is the opening of this chapter, which will be a different sort of vibe. But it's also the beginning of the story again. Where it's the same thing. He got all the way here to Phoebe. Yep. He felt good for once. And now he's being reminded of that first moment on the train with his fencing team. Yeah, yeah, the ostracization of the of the fencing team. From zero to sixty back to zero all over again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he hates ostracization. He hates feeling alone. And his sister, the one he want, saved his own yep. life for, yep. is doing it to him. Yep. Uh so here it is. We do find out that uh Hazel Weatherfield okay. is the detective in the little girl stories Phoebe writes. Yes, and she sees herself as that detective who is an orphan, but who has a 20-year-old father who shows up every once in a 20-year-old father. I forgot about that. Yes. He's like a really old guy, like 20. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't think. Um, yeah, asking about her stories. He's trying yes. to be sweet to her. Daddy will kill you. Boy, she really gets something in her mind when she gets something in her mind. Yeah. No, he won't. The worst he'll do, he'll give me hell again, and then he'll send me to the goddamn, to that goddamn military school. That's all he'll do to me. And in the first place, I won't even be around. I'll be away. I'll, I'll be, I'll probably be in a Colorado on this ranch. To which she makes the fair point: Don't make me laugh. You can't even ride a horse. <laughs> Who can't? Sure, I can. Certainly, I can. They can teach you in about two minutes. <laughs> Stop picking at that. <laughs> so he's changing Thanks. the subject. She's yeah. picking at her arm, and he's like, "Oh, I'll learn how to ride a horse. Whatever." <laughs> <laughs> People ride horses, okay? You can learn how to do it. People do. It's been done. But now he's mad at her. 
And he doesn't say he's mad at her, and he, but he says, who gave you that haircut? I asked her. I just noted what a just noticed what a stupid haircut somebody gave her. It was way too short. Yeah, all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, he's a sassy haircut critic. Yes, out of nowhere, huh? Yeah, the, the first part was like, she's such a sweet girl. Look at her sleep so sweetly. She and folds she's so all her stuff. She's so yeah. neat. She wears these dresses that are so pretty. What a stupid haircut! <laughs> no, all of Don't a sudden, you dare criticize my plan <laughs> <laughs> with your stupid haircut. <laughs> Exactly. And then more. None of your business, she said. She can be very snotty sometimes. She can be quite snotty. More criticism of his sister. Yeah. I suppose you failed in every single subject again, which is a good burn. <laughs> <laughs> she said very snotty. Very it, w- snotty. it was sort of funny, too, in a way. She sounds like a goddamn school teacher sometimes, and she's only a little child. Exactly. So he's tired of Phoebe's turning on him, and he hates it. He he wanted the love, like you're saying. He yeah. wanted the love. He got... What else did he get? One more person telling him to shape up. One more school teacher speech. Yeah, he it's, hates this. He wanted uh, his little sister to give him a big old hug and miss him and not ask any questions about why he's home. Yeah. And he wanted to just kind of find out about how her and not really think about anything for too long. And right away, she figures it out and goes, hey, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> I'm sleeping in our much successful, much more successful older brother's bed right now. <laughs> Tell <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's kind of, maybe she's taking the DB role where it's like, you have to get, you know, you have to string two things together to, you know, be successful. You have to do something. You have to, like, make some compromises and not just be your weird uh, principled self, you know? Uh, one thing I maybe I just had a thought of yeah. is that she's, she identifies with DB for sure because she, sle- she sleeps in his bed yep. and she's, like, very proud of him and everything like that. She identifies with the father because she wants to be a lawyer. Uh, or at least it's implied with the Esquire. And also, she says in her stories, the orphan still has a father. The orphan does not have a mother that okay. shows up. She does not right. identify with the mother. Okay. Uh, where Holden, on the other hand, only thinks about the mother. He doesn't even care about the father. Yeah, dad isn't mentioned very much. Yes. Uh, so the family breakdown is Phoebe, uh, uh, DB, and the dad are similar, and then the neurotic mother and the neurotic son are similar. So and Allie. And Allie. And the Allie is the big unifier that everyone loved and that kind of kept it all together because Holden and the mom handled Allie's death the worst. Phoebe was too young, and DB was an adult uh-huh. who was, they had to take care of everyone, and and he was at war too, so he's been through a lot. <laughs> but like, it's that's the divide of who in the family is like who. And so when he's like, I can't tell mom because she'll freak out because she's like me. And I can't tell dad because he'll be mad like a normal person. And I can't stand that either. Yeah. Hey, there's no wrong answers. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) As soon as he started, like, I have a theory. I'm like, I'm going to hit him with a no wrong answer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to cut him straight to the bone. Uh, No, totally. I think that, like, yeah, I think that, like, uh. Her being in DB's bed and giving Holden his due in terms of like his responsibility yeah. is something that Holden uh, that like yeah that separates Holden and then like Ellie I just picture the poetry and the sitting yeah, in the baseball glove yeah he's just a sensitive like thoughtful guy in the middle of it all yeah I can see him being where we more got the success parts of the family where she does good good in school she wants to be a lawyer she sleeps in DB's bed DB is is a working writer right the dad's a corporate lawyer. And then the mom is just this person who stays up all night smoking cigarettes and like can't 
is always mad about dogs pooping in the lawn and is just worried about <laughs> things not being right. And Holden is also like, why are things not right like the way I want them to be? Yeah, yeah, for sure. They're all they all have like some sort of creativity and sort of intelligence, yeah. but they use it different differently, and sometimes like it tortures them a little bit. Mm, for sure. Uh, but then um, he, well, he says, "No, I didn't. I passed English." Then, just for the hell of it, I gave her a pinch on the behind. It was sticking way out in the breeze. The way she was laying on her side, she was hardly any. She had har- hardly any behind. I didn't do it hard, but she tried to hit my hand away anyway. But she missed. Huh. That was a weird. That's a lot. That's a long paragraph for such a weird. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like I think it's okay. So I don't know. I I don't want to like maybe we're sexualizing the pinch in the behind more than we should. It I says mean, we. <laughs> <laughs> neither of us have sisters. Uh, neither of us have sisters. So we really. <laughs> um, what I think it is is that <laughs> he is being accused of some serious stuff, fairly by his younger sister. Yeah. And he's trying to infantilize her by being like, "Oh, let me cute you, pinch it, your cute exactly. little butt." Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a. I think it's that's how it's going too. It's like he's being a little teasy little kid. He's being immature. Yeah. He's trying to tease his sister. Yeah. And she's trying to be like, "What are you doing with your life?" <laughs> right. Right. So the roles are reversed. Um, then all of a sudden she said, "Oh, why did you do it?" She meant, "Why did I get the X again?" It made me sort of sad the way she said it. So the way she says it is like. Man, that really hurts. Like, Why did you do it? Like, she really wants to know. Yes. She yeah. really cares. Like, what's what? going on? What's wrong? So then, then, then like, Holden gets to kind of say his piece about Pensy, which I love. It's like, usually, you've you've been reading this in the narration, and you kind of gather it from the way he describes things. But here, in dialogue, he gets to explain himself to another person. He gets to, like, actually express himself. So, oh, God, Phoebe, don't ask me. I'm sick of everybody asking me that. A million reasons why. It was one of the worst schools I ever went to. It was full of phonies and mean guys. You never saw so many mean guys in your life. For instance, if you were having a bowl session in somebody's room and somebody wanted to come in, nobody let them in if they were some dopey, pimply guy. Everybody was always locking their door when somebody wanted to come in, and they had this goddamn secret fraternity that I was too yellow not to join. There was this one pimply, boring guy, Robert Ackley, that wanted to get in. He just kept trying to join, and they wouldn't let him. Just because he was boring and pimply. I don't even feel like talking about it. It was a stinking school. Take my word. Ackley. Ackley. He's Ackley's back. Backley. <laughs> Ackley's Backley. Uh, but this, is what I think, is the most important part. Is Old Phoebe didn't say anything, but she was listening. I could tell by the back of her neck that she was listening, which is a weird way to tell someone's listening. It's difficult. Uh, she always listens when you tell her something, and the funny part is she knows half the time what the hell you're talking about. She really does. She really does. I kept talking about old Pensy. I sort of felt like it. Even the couple of nice teachers in the faculty, they were phonies too. There was this one guy, Mr. Spencer. His wife was always giving you hot chocolate, all that stuff, and they were really pretty nice. But you should have seen him when the headmaster, old Thurmer, came in the history class and sat down in the back of the room. He was always coming in and sitting down in the back of the room for about a half an hour. He was supposed to be incognito or something. After a while, he'd be sitting back there, and he'd be he started interrupting what old Spencer was saying to crack a lot of crappy jokes. Old Spencer would actually practically kill himself chuckling and smiling at, at all, like like if Thurmer was a goddamn prince or something. Don't swear so much. It would have made you puke. I swear it would. Then, on Veterans Day, they have this day, Veterans Day, that all the jerks that graduated from Pensy around 1776 come back and walk all over the place with their wives and children and everybody. You should have seen this one old guy that was about 50. What he did was he came in our room and knocked on the door and asked us if we'd mind if he used the bathroom. The bathroom was at the end of the corridor. I don't know why the hell he asked us. 
You know what he said? He said he wanted to see if his initials were still in one of the canned doors. What he did, he carved his goddamn stupid, sad, old initials in one of the canned doors about 90 years ago, and he wanted to see if they were still there. So my roommate and I walked him down to the bathroom and all, and we had to stand there while he looked for his initials in all the canned doors. He kept talking to us the whole time, telling us how when he was at Penn State, they were the happiest days of his life, giving us a lot of advice for the future and all. Boy, did he depress me. I don't mean he was a bad guy. He wasn't. But you don't have to be a bad guy to depress somebody. You can be a good guy and do it. All you have to do is depress somebody is give them a lot of phony advice when you're looking for your initials in some can door. That's all you have to do. I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't have been so bad if he hadn't been all out of breath. He was all out of breath from just climbing up the stairs. And the whole time he was looking for his initials, he kept breathing hard with his nostrils all funny. He said when he kept telling Stradladder and I to get all we could out of Pensy. God, Phoebe, I can't explain. I just didn't like anything that was happening at Pensy. I can't explain. So Man. what is that? So a lot of things are going on. Uh, first, she's she's listening. So he, when he says, I kept talking about old Pensy, I sort of felt like it. He felt like it because here's the first person who's actually listening. Yeah, he dumps it. That's a page. Yes. A page, a paragraph page that he just dumps dumps on her. Uh, and so the details he has, Ackley being treated poorly. He has his the nice teacher having to act phony because of the principal being around. Because the the power, he's, he's a guy. He's like a, what do you call it, a big shot. Yeah, he he's a hot shots, shot. Hot so shot. a hot shot's in town. And so yeah. this this teacher who's pretty nice and he gives him hot, hot chocolate and stuff like still has to be like, that's a really funny joke. So like just that nature of all power dynamics working on even like the people you admire a little bit. Uh, this Veterans Day thing uh, is kind of funny because it's how detailed of an image it is. I could see this veter- this uh, like yeah. alumni coming in. And the detail that kills me is that he's breathing hard out of his nose, and I can hear that old man breathe. Oh, me too. What he's looking for, like, oh, I carved it here when I was seventeen. And, we and right, the idea is this: this guy, this guy is getting old and dying, and all he can think about is how great Pensy was. Yes, like, how great his prep school, high school, prep school, how high school's best days of your life, kind of guy. And Holden's yeah. looking at this guy, and I, you can tell that Holden's like, if I ever become this guy, just kill me. Right? Yes. He, he like you don't want to get old. He doesn't. Want, no one wants to get old and die. But to get old and, and die and be like this guy would be like the worst, right? That's kind of I think. Yeah, absolutely. To me, it's like he's afraid of his own his own mortality. This is his mortality. Uh, small note: He says uh, that graduated from Pensy around 1776. There's another Revolutionary War. Hey, reference. very good, very good. 1776. Uh, but yeah, so there. It's just like he has these images of everyone he doesn't want to be. Even the people he wants to be have to put, be phony sometimes. Like, oh, the teacher was nice, and I like that he was nice to us, but even he has to dance the dance when it's time to dance. Yeah. Uh, and then she says what we've all been thinking this whole time. Uh, she had the side of her mouth right smack in the pillow, and I couldn't hear her. What? I said, take your mouth away. I can't hear you with your mouth that way. You don't like anything that's happening. And that's the thesis of <laughs> of the whole book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. She's put her finger right on it. It's like, yeah, Holden's a hater. He hates stuff. It made me even more depressed when she said that. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Sure, I do. Don't say that. Why the hell do you say that? Because you don't. You don't like any schools. You don't like a million things. You don't. I, I do. do. <laughs> that's where you're wrong. That's exactly where you're wrong. What the hell do you have to say about what the, why the, why the hell did you have to say that? I said, boy, was she depressing me. Because you don't. Name one thing. One thing? One thing I like? Okay. 
<laughs> then the trouble was I couldn't concentrate too hot. Sometimes it's hard to concentrate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can name a million things. Okay, yeah. I just can't concentrate right now. I love like the yeah the arrested the rest the arrested development level of like narration versus what's happening right there at this moment is like yeah. so good. Like Holden actually couldn't think of anything that he, <laughs> that he liked. Oh, I got a million things I like. What are you doing, depressing me? Holden couldn't think of a thing he liked. Yeah, like uh, it's just so that that's a really good. It's and very th- punchy. And then he stalls. He goes, "One thing I like a lot." You mean? I asked her. <laughs> she didn't answer me though. She was in cockeyed position, way the hell over the other side of the bed. She was about a thousand miles away. Come on, answer me, I said. One thing I like a lot or one thing I just like? You like a lot. All right, I said. But the trouble was I couldn't concentrate. So his stall tactic does not work. Yeah. And this we I'm not I haven't fully convinced you, and this is probably my most far out theory of the of the chapter. No, this is just I mean, like, I think it's very important. So like uh, all he can think about. Yeah, so this is this is interesting. So he's asked a question, what do you like? Yeah. And only he can't concentrate in I did finger quotes. <laughs> he can't concentrate. I but can he hear, does, I can hear him. I can hear him. Uh he he thinks of two things. All I could think of were those two nuns that went around collecting dough in those beat up old straw baskets. Especially the one with the glasses with those iron rims. And this boy I knew at Elkton Hills. There was this one boy at Elkton Hills named James Castle that wouldn't take back something he said about this very conceited boy, Phil Stable. James Castle called him a very conceited guy, and one of Stable's lousy friends went and squealed on him to Stable. So Stable, with about six other dirty bastards, went down to James Castle's room that went in and locked the goddamn door, tried to make him take back what he said, but he wouldn't do it. So they started in on him. I won't even tell you what they did to him. It's too repulsive, but he still wouldn't take it back. Old James Castle. And you should have seen him. He was a skinny little weak-looking guy with wrists about as big as pencils. Finally, what he did, instead of taking back what he said, he jumped out the window. I was in the shower and all, and even I could hear him land outside. But I just thought somebody, something fell out the window, a radio or a desk or something. Not a boy or anything. Then I heard everybody running through the corridor and down the stairs, so I put on my bathroom and ran downstairs too. And there was James Castle lying right on the stone steps and all. He was dead, and his teeth and blood were all over the place, and nobody would even go near him. He had on this turtleneck sweater I'd lent him. All they did with the guys that were in the room with him was expel them. They didn't even go to jail. So they that's the two things he can think about. His sister goes, what do you like? And he thinks about nuns he had breakfast with and a boy jumping out a window after being tortured by classmates. The, the James Castle story. So the, the nuns were on the same page, I think. Is like, is like Holden's trying to figure out what he what is he about? What is he going to be? He knows what he's not. He's trying to figure out what he is. That's kind of the Holden journey, right? Yes. And he can't really find it. But what he knows for sure, and this is because, like, yeah, when that question comes up, all he can think about are these two things. So that's how we know. And it's repeated twice. That was about all I could think of, though. All Those I could two think nuns about. I saw at breakfast and this boy, James Castle. Yeah, as if you need, yeah, as if you needed to be summarized. Like, hey, we're making a comparison between these two these things. These two things. Yeah, it's inviting a huge comparison. So we have the nuns, right? The nuns. The nuns mean like they're committed, right? Yes. A nun is the anti-phony. Yes. The they, nun is they committed. They wear shabby clothing, all black. They're not doing it for attention. They do it for what they they have good hearts and they mean that, and they're living by principles. When Holden gets punched in the face by Stradladder, he's lying in his room, in Ackley's room, and he's like, hey, do you have to be a Catholic to be in one of those monasteries? He craves something like that, like devotion to something pure. Something, some sort of principle, some sort of What of am faith. I going to be? Where's yeah. my, where do I go when the pond freezes over? How do I make a living without having to be a funny? Yeah. So, you, the nuns, that makes sense to me. So then, on the other hand, you have the, uh, his name's not James Comey, it's James it's James Castle. James Castle. James Castle. You have the James Castle. He is like a tragic figure who 
He speaks his mind, and he won't take yeah. it back. Very quiet kid. Calls some jerk, conceited guy. The guy goes with six of his buddies to say, hey, take that back. Yeah. Remember in the 50s when literally any <laughs> insult was like fighting words? <laughs> but if you took it back, they're like, okay. All right, all right. Thank you for like taking it back. it never back. happened. Yeah, like, oh, you call me a coward? We're going to go outside. Where well, now it's like. If anyone calls me anything, I'm like, oh, that was rude. All right, yeah. well, time to keep going. <laughs> hey, I'm going to sell tweet about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not the violent confrontations <laughs> over insults anymore. That could, be, could just be us. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah that uh, but he even stressed So uh, two things I want to bring up is that he doesn't take it back, what he said. Yeah. Uh, he stands by what he said. Stand by what he says to to the death. Yes. In a very perverse way. He's living his principles to the death and never compromise. I yeah no uh, uh, yeah okay I do get that because he was a skinny little weak looking guy with wrists about as big as pencils. So he's a losing fight. Six guys are beating him up, and it's something heinous. So it sounds like probably something cl- what would be deemed sexual harassment at least now. It like, seems like it. If he won't say anything, if it was more it's than too just repulsive. physical, yeah, yeah it's it wasn't repulsive. just punching him in the face or something like that. Yeah, something sort of sexual. I think something so. really bad. Yeah. That Holden, who says everything, won't say it. True. Um, and he, he's like, you know what? I'll, and all he has to do to make it stop is say, you're not conceited. So he's stuck to his guns. Yeah, and he kills himself. But Holden's, yeah. Okay, so I think. What's also interesting is that he's wearing Holden's sweater. Yeah. So Holden a sees a dead body with his sweater on. Okay, And yeah. this is next to his things when, what do you like? I like nice nuns and dead bodies with my sweater on. <laughs> yeah. Man, okay, yes, yeah, yeah. So like, okay, you you've sold me on the fact that uh, Castle is a figure that is uh, he dies for his principles. He literally takes his principles and defends them to the death. Defends them to the death. But I just remember this. Anti phone. My 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 theory is getting pretty well. But next cha- like couple chapters, Mister Antolini says he gives him a quote. It's like the sign uh, of a oh, immature yeah. man is his. Uh, he'll die for a cause while a mature man will live humbly for one. Okay, yeah. And well, yeah. right now, Holden's like, that was pretty cool that that guy jumped out the window instead of and taking Antolini, that. by the way, is the guy who picked up, he picked he, up James like, Castle. Call, yeah, he picked up James Castle. Carried the body. Carried the body. Okay, yeah. If you bring that in, uh, that is uh, pretty hard to ignore, That the fact that he died for his principles. One of the things that I wanted to point out is that uh, it's so sad. Like, I think, like, the, the, um, the ostracization that Holden is so against is what's happening to Castle. So Castle dies of this ostracization. He's so not like, he's not willing to be part of this group. Yeah. So Holden gets mad about the locking people out of the doors, keeping people out of groups, and then like the nth degree of that ostracization and isolation of somebody is what happened to James Castle. Like he was they go, You can't be you can't be saying that. You just can't be saying that and he goes, I'm gonna and they go, Well, we're gonna make sure you uh, are are sure that you're out, and he's like, I'm out, and then they keep doing it, and they literally that that they they ostracize him to death. Yes, they they kill the man who didn't conform. So I think that like some something with that, like I mean, like he that he's so against that kind of like us them ifying. It, maybe it was his radicalization moment. This is his moment yeah. of being like. This is a broken system. Yeah. And maybe that's why he almost likes it, because it's like it shows the true ugliness of what he's dealing with. He does seem to think about it. Yeah. He thinks about it a lot. 
So anyway, this is yeah. This is like this is a very rich. Like we're getting into some stuff where it's like uh, these. This is the meat. Yes. This is the ri- This is like the rich uh, meaning of the novel. This is the gooey nougat center of the yes, book. Yes. This is all the where the calories are. <laughs> <laughs> but he he goes on about the sweater. So I think the sweater is important to him. That the body was in his sweater because I think it also he got to be like, oh, this could be me. I, th- I mean, like, I think that if you're not reading that as it, um, that Holden is identifying with Castle, then you, you you're an idiot, right? Yes. I mean, like, there's no other re- there's no other reason that that would be kind of like put that way. Yeah, I, I he yeah he goes on. It's a whole long paragraph. That was all I could think about though. Those two nuns I saw at breakfast in the boy James Castle. Anyway, Elkton Hills. The funny part is I hardly even know James Castle. If you want to know the truth. He's one of those very quiet guys. He was in my math class, but he was way over on the he other side. He got a sweater. He got a sweater. Yeah. Uh, but also stuff like where he's right next to him in the name call. So it's like how close they are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, uh, yeah, for, you know, there but for the grace of God go I is the kind of the moment we're having here with, uh, yeah. with Castle. Uh, and then he just says, what? I said to old Phoebe. She said something to me, but I didn't hear. You can't even think of one thing. <laughs> <laughs> so he's been having this long space out thinking about a dead boy on the ground. And then right. sister's like, are you going to answer me about what a thing you like is? <laughs> it's like, don't say dead. Don't say dead kids and nuns. <laughs> don't and he, say. And he fails because he goes, I like Allie. <laughs> you know, some, some other dead kid. Yeah. And I like doing what I'm doing right now, sitting here with you and talking and thinking about stuff. And Allie's dead. Oof. And so Phoebe is being harsh here. And he's he's going from the complexities like, I, I like the memory of my brother. Yeah. But she's the one being like, you have to move on from your brother. Well, also, she's saying he's in heaven. He's an abstraction. Yes. So you can put whatever you want onto him. And, and, and Holden really does. You've seen that before where it's yes. like... You know, like he put a lot of on the alley, and he puts a lot on to Phoebe too. Yes, and Phoebe is kind of contradicting his like uh, perfect image of her as this yeah. sweet supporting. So doesn't suck when you have a yeah, you have a you have a an idea about somebody, and then they just keep insisting on proving improving you wrong. <laughs> they can insist on being a human being. What are you doing that dimensions? <laughs> I had you all perfectly cast. Yes. Uh, yeah, but yeah, but so. that's also the the essence of the whole book is that. What do you like out of all in the world? Name one thing you like. Yeah. <laughs> I like my dead brother. That's all he can name. Something yeah. that's not even on earth anymore. Yep. He's not over this death. He he it's he won't be until he is, he won't be able to be happy again. And Phoebe knows that. He can't put it as well as Holden wants to be put, but that's she has a better sense of Allie's death. She's so wise. Yeah. She's so wise. He's in heaven and everything. Um, yeah, and his response is, uh, well, she goes, Allie's dead. You always say that. If somebody's dead and everything in heaven, then it isn't really. So he always says this. So they've had this conversation before. So he keeps being like, Allie's the thing I like. Yeah. And so his you sister's like, you got to stop. I'm worried about you. That. Yeah. <laughs> I know he's dead. Don't you think I know that? Can I, uh, I can still like him, though, can I, just because somebody's dead? You don't just stop liking them, for God's sake, especially if they're about a thousand times nicer than the people you know that are alive and all. So that, too, is like he's be- Allie's become a myth in his head. Of, of course. Perfect yeah. saint boy. And he seemed like a good boy, but it's like, oh, man, like he you're not he doesn't have flesh and blood to you anymore. Exactly. No one's going to be better than the idea of your brother. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I like it now. I mean, right now, sitting here with you and just chewing the fat and horsing. 
That isn't anything, really. It is so something, really. Holden should listen to podcasts. (laughs) 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 He'd be a fan. (laughs) That's a good point. Certainly it is. Why the hell isn't it? People never think anything is anything, really. I'm getting goddamn sick of it. That is also uh, sort of a, a, a weird way of Holden's worldview. People don't think anything is anything, really. Where he sees it all, like, the meaning in all these little things of, like, locking the door when the boy wants right. to come in, of, like, joining the secret fraternity, of the, the boy wearing his sweater when he jumps out the window. He's an outsider. He, he sees it. He Yeah, he, he he's an observer. He likes to observe things that are happening. He doesn't like to participate. He's mm-hmm. not a participator. Um, so, like, he, like, he does like to chew the fat and think about the way stuff kind of works. That he Yeah. Stop swearing. She said <laughs> that again. Uh, and I think one, it's just like little girls want to hear all those swears. But I think it's also like you're not an adult. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, we're we're getting to it. She's asking him like, "What do you want to be? Name something you like to be, like a scientist or a lawyer or something." Well, I could be a scientist. I'm a no good at science. Well, a lawyer like Daddy and all. There it is again. Their so, dad's career. Yeah, and he lays it out so like you know like either either you know it's a, you can be you can be a good lawyer and. Uh, uh, you know, you could like save people's like lives or whatever, or you can be you know a crappy lawyer. But even if you're a good lawyer who saves people's lives, how do you know you're doing that because you want to do save it? Save people's lives, yeah. Or if you want the attention of being someone who's which saved. is right. You, do you want to be the kind of guy who does those good things, and you can't even know? That's what Holden points out. Yes, phony. He doesn't want to be a phony, even if it's a good phony. But yeah. What's also indicate indig- uh, revealing is that. How long his response is to being a lawyer? Scientist, one sentence. Yeah, I'm not good at science. Yeah. How about lawyer? All right. I think I could be a lawyer, but I won't be for this reason. Because there's he, no he, way to be no, be a non-phony lawyer. Yes. It's an impossible. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and his dad's just a corporate lawyer. He's he didn't even right. try to be a, like a defending the innocent guy. Yes. Um, yeah. The trouble you want, and I'm not too sure old Phoebe knew what the hell, uh, hell I was talking about, which is fair. That's like a, a very complex, and not even. That much, that that much ever thought, but it is something that a, an older person is like, how would I be the right type of lawyer? Like, he's like obsessed with the motivations of everyone. Yeah, even his own motivations, and he's not willing to have impure motivations to the, to his own detriment, to where he's just now a a, a failing boy who can't figure out. Right, and what and like right, and Phoebe's going like, well, you have to choose something. You have you to gotta, just go for it. You got to like something that's not dead, and you have to pick something to be. <laughs> but he goes like, well, the, even if I like, you know, like it, it, it's hard. You can't you can't figure it out how to like something without without being a, a phony, without being. He does say this though. I'm not too sure old Phoebe knew what the hell I was talking about. I mean, she's only a little child and all, but she was listening at least. If somebody at least listens, it's not too bad. That's so, so nice. Yes, it's very. It's, that's all. It's well, all this so is bad. his sister is still in here to talk to. And then she says, "Daddy's going to kill you. He's going to kill you." <laughs> she said. And then I wasn't listening though. I was thinking about something else, something crazy. So even he says this is crazy. But here is the the title of the book monologue. Eponymous. You, would you like to do the on- honors? <coughs> Thank you. You know that song, "If a Body Catch a Body Coming Through the Rye." I, it, I'd like. It's if I meet a body coming through the rye. If a body meet a body coming through the rye, it's a poem by Robert Burns. I know it's a poem by Robert Burns. She was right, though. It is. If a body meet a body coming through the rye. I didn't know it then, though. I thought it was if a body catch a body. Anyway, I keep picturing all these little kids playing some game in this big field of rye and all. Thousands of little kids. And nobody's around. Nobody big. I mean, except me. 
and I'm standing on the edge of some crazy cliff. What I have to do, I have to catch everybody if they start to go over the cliff. I mean, if they're running and they don't look where they're going, and I have to come out from somewhere and catch them. That's all I do all day. I just be the catcher and the rye and all. I know it's crazy, but that's the only thing I'd like to do, really. That's the only thing I'd really like to be. I know it's crazy. Daddy's going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a damn if he does, I said. Um, so, okay. So, uh, I guess shall we unpack the this? Yes. I, you know, I never, I'll be honest, like, I never really uh, got it. <laughs> I um, so, basically, my, it's, I, it's about innocence. It's children running towards danger. Protecting the children from danger. Protecting children from danger. Protecting children from falling off the cliff that he has fallen off himself. Of stumbling into, into maturity in the wrong way and never figuring it out. Right. So, falling off the cliff is being a uh, piece of shit adult, phony. Yeah. Entering guy. the phony adult world too soon or at all. Like, yeah. It's like, hey, I'll stop. I know how bad it is in, over this cliff. Let me stop you kids. Because uh, he see, hears the song when the little kid is walking through the street singing. The little kid's put himself in danger, and he's singing "If a body." Oh, the kid bo- walking in the street, yes. yeah, near the park. His parents right, right, right. are not paying attention to him. He's just like "If a body, catch a body," and it's it's a. One of the other times that Holden's very happy. He's fixated on the kid. Yeah. Yes, and so it's uh, he's like, oh, I, you know what? I'd like to, he could see that little kid running towards this cliff, and he's like, I'll stop this little kid so he can keep playing. He wants to make sure kids can enjoy their childhood, and not accidentally stumble into maturity like he did with his brother's death. Okay. Okay. His brother's death. I mean, like, right, but like, so, like, right, he, but it's so, okay, so the fact that it's so abstract, though, speaks to what Holden's going through, right? Is that Holden can't think of, like, oh, I'd like to be like a train conductor. Yes. Like, he's, he's, he's in, like, I'd like to have this feeling. Like, he, it's, it's, it's a, he's, he gives it, his answer to what, uh, he's, he should be is, uh, an abstract metaphor. Yes. He goes to his like, little sister. To his little sister, yeah. Who, I mean, who just she, responds, Daddy's going Daddy's to going kill you. Kill you. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, hey, what do you want to be? And your brother, like, your brother goes, you know, I think I'd like to catch kids in a field. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, uh. But he's so adrift. He, he, like, and he has, and all he has is a principle, right? It's like, yes. I just want to follow this kind of principle that I've sort of built up. So, like, it is so holden. The catch on the right thing is so holden. It's like, well, I want to be something that's, like, purely good and true. And like concrete, or like and like yeah, concrete and non not phony. The phony thing just keeps coming up. It like not, it, it's not false. It's not for um, the motivations are pure. Like every part of it, like you you couldn't even say it to be a a good lawyer who kind of at the end of the day is like I'm kind of a good lawyer guy yeah. has an yeah, ego about yeah. being good. Yeah, like he can't even be that guy who like gets off a little bit on doing the right thing, and yeah. that's sort of bad. So this is the only way. And that doesn't exist. This job yeah. <laughs> does not doesn't it, exist. And if it did, the benefits would be terrible. And it would probably be automated at this point. <laughs> <laughs> they have an app for that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it's it's called Catcher, but it's C A T C H and no E and an R. <laughs> it's a gig economy. Dude. Yes. Yeah, you could do it for thirty hours a week. You wouldn't make enough money. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But yeah, it's he doesn't even want to be like I'll be a preschool teacher. That's what I'll do. I'll <laughs> exactly right is which is kind of what I mean. Like that's what that's what someone uh, who understood him would say is you should be a teacher or some sort of 
Because teachers are huge. I mean, he is in high school, but yeah. like, all, everyone he admires as a teacher. Yeah. Uh, and even right away, he's like, all of a sudden after this monologue about catching kids from going over the edge, he uh, he wanted to phone up this guy that was my English teacher at Elkton Hills, Mr. Bingo. Antolini. He lived in New York now. He quit Elkton Hills. He took the job teaching English at NYU. I have to make a phone call, I told Phoebe. I'll be right back. Don't go to sleep. Juxtaposition, right? So he thinks about that, and then he goes, huh, Mr. Antolini. Right. Out of nowhere. He's like, I got to call my teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and having the urge to call somebody, very Holden Caulfield move. And also, as we know, it speaks volumes. Yes. That if there's no explanation for a sudden change yeah. of action, that means that there's a lot of feeling going into this. Yeah. Where one, we learned that Mr. Antolini picked up the, the boy. Two, he's a teacher and he's attracted to the uh, advice of teachers. Um, and three, it's the climax of the book. You got to give a good speech. <laughs> the big old speech. Uh, but yeah, so I, I knew she wouldn't, but I said anyway, and then while I was w- walking toward the door, old Phoebe said, Holden, and I turned around, she was sitting way up in bed, she looked so pretty, I'm taking Belchin lessons from this girl, Phyllis Margulis, and she said, listen, <coughs> I listened and I heard <laughs> something, but it wasn't much, good, I said, uh, that's much better, <laughs> that there you go, better. you're welcome, then I went out in the living room and called up this teacher I had, Mr. Antolini, so... It is such a Salinger moment of, like, here's his sister. Really nails him home more than anyone else has. Yep. Asked him why he's doing these things, why he can't be happy. These are questions. People are like, when are you going to start doing good in school? She's like, why don't you like anything? Tell me one thing you right. like. Right. It's, it's, like, it's, like, more wise than the, the questions the adults were asking him. Yes. Even. It's, yeah. it's more to the core. Like, you got to pick something to be. What do you, what do you want to be? Yeah. None of the adults ever cared about that. They're just like. Look, you gotta try better in school so he could keep you in school. Like, yeah, they're like, "What are you gonna do?" And she's like, "What are you gonna be?" I mean, yes. it's like it's a, it's a difference. What it's do important. you like? Who are you? What's who going are on? you? Yeah, like it's a struggle for identity. Uh, and she's the only one who's called him the task, and it's really painful. He's like, "What a snotty, <laughs> bad haircut, <laughs> young woman." Uh, and then he's like, he finally is pushed into a corner. And he goes, "I want to help." Children stay children. And she goes, you know, I have been trying to burp. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we've been having fun, but I am getting better at burping. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, so, yeah, I mean, that reminds me of the thing earlier where, like, uh, you know, like the the pairing of uh, her legitimate childhood innocence with her with how wise she is like i'm 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 very much a little kid but i'm very much wise and i understand things that you need to learn also <laughs> it's a very a moment of turnaround she was sitting up she was sitting way up in bed she looked so pretty so yep. finally we're back to i love my sister haircut not so bad anymore yeah i i walked through i walked through the storm that was my sister's questions i came out like i realized something about myself yeah and now my sister's pretty again and we got four chapters left now. Oh, nice. Two eps. Two more episodes. Ooh, that was a heavy one. That was. A lot of, we, it's one of those things where not a lot is happening in that moment. So we have to like parse through like, why did they bring up this mercy killing movie? Yeah. <laughs> and what's with this uh, guy dying, jumping out a window? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, we're, like, like this is like, this is the real, this is the real stuff. Like, you know, th- it is, these are not. These, I mean, I, I can, I can feel he's probably spent more time on these chapters, right? This is like, this is the thesis statement, or this is like the conclusion paragraph, or something. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it yeah, th- we're getting to the heart of like 
this is him having to fully face because he's been running from the things and they've been nipping at his heels. Yeah. And then he was like basically trying to go to home, like literally home to protection of home. And once he got home to his sister who finally made him feel joy, the sister was like, hey, what is happening with you? And he had to be like, say it all. Right. Finally, someone who would listen. This is Yeah, this is like, you know, this is like a climax or the climax of this novel. Yes. And the construction I'm just taking, I'm realizing now is like pretty incredible, right? Like the whole time he's thinking about everything is always built up and layered. And I don't know how he does it. I mean, obviously, whatever. But like, so he's th- you know, he's thinking about Phoebe. He's thinking about home. The whole the whole t- book he's been trying to get home. Like, yeah. like an odyssey, right? I get home. Everything will be fine. Then he gets home. It is not, not fine, fun. and he has to confront all the stuff he's been running from. Yes. It wasn't what he wanted. It was what he needed. Yep. He needed to be confronted about his direction. He needed to be confronted about how he can't find joy in anything. He right. Need- he needed to be confronted about how he's holding on to Allie, and he needed to f- figure out what he saw as, as valuable. And plot-wise, it's incredible because like, it's like this, all the stuff that's brought up here, it's like it both explains and is the – uh, natural uh, conclusion of all that's been happening, right? Like it both inform it informs the beginning of the novel, and it also invariably like it was the uh, expected. You know, it's the yeah. it's the comeuppance of the rest of the of the beginning of the rest of the novel. I don't know. It's a yeah. It's it's fifty thousand words of a teenager fighting and drinking and going on dates, and it seems like a stupid whiny book. And like. Right here, like under the surface, is this beautiful growth and challenge and pain and all these things that are piecing together a human being that can't fit into the society that he's been born into. And, and it's, it's all laid out perfectly. Yeah, yeah, these are these are these are some really powerful chapters in terms of uh, yeah the, the characterization of Holden and you know like the the you know the, the thematic skeleton of this of this novel you know like what this novel really means purpose identity love grief letting go letting go yeah ah great yeah it's it's a great book and every time we dig deep i'm like it's always valuable and that's why you got to follow me on Instagram <laughs> to see my stand-up comedy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really the, the... This really reminds me that stand-up comedy is the most important art form. <laughs> <laughs> it's really what you can achieve in stand-up yeah. comedy. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, the, the, these complex ideas that make you feel like you know like less alone in a fundamental existential way. I do that also. Um, yeah. <laughs> with a joke about my dad. <laughs> I never heard him fart. Tune in for more. That's a joke I have. Yeah, you can uh, you can find us on our <laughs> social medias. How uh, phony is this, right? I know. At the end of every episode, we go, and if we could possibly benefit from our uh, time we put in here today, uh, we'd appreciate uh, we it. We would like some uh, <laughs> attention, please. <laughs> we really analyzed this book about non-conforming uh, to help us conform so, to sort business standards now. I'd love to be verified on Twitter. Uh, yeah. So I'm on Twitter at Kevin Lapkovich. I'm on Instagram at Ha Hartnet. Yeah, and uh, we reach out to either one of us. Uh, we've we've gotten a couple of people reach out. It's I very know nice. it is very. I mean, like it's very nice because it yeah it makes you this feel like less of a void and uh, makes us. I mean, I like I love do I would do this into a void. I love doing this. I love yes. having an excuse to do this, but like it makes it a better excuse. So I appreciate it. Yeah. 
Right. Um, Thank you guys so much. See you guys next week. Goodbye.